Good morning, afternoon, and evening. Welcome to the 8311 Cast, your premier Midwestern-based sports podcast, bringing you all things sports to your beautiful ears. On this week's episode, episode 60, your beautiful hosts, Kyle Mersch, Mike Ludwig, and Wyatt Heater are going to be talking to you about Cyclone men's basketball, the NFL, a awesome second time we've ever played this game called Bankrupt Company or Bull Sponsor, and of course, our signature segment is Mike's Stupid Rules, and write that down predictions. First things first. Thank you for calling me beautiful. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. And then you can first say, thing first, we're the realists. Uh, we no, ain't got no, really so. She has like a new album come out or something, doesn't she? Here soon, like in January. I think so. I am Look not cultured, so I am not the person to ask that question. So I do not know. Second that thing, second, it's called bull sponsor or bankrupt company, not bankrupt oh. company bull sponsor. Potato, potato. Tomato, tomato. Your bull sponsor, bull sponsor, bankrupt company. Same there thing. is a bull that is sponsored by a potato company, but that will there not is. be in our game show today. Is in Idaho? I figured that too easy. It is. The bull Idaho. game is in Idaho. Nice. And so is the company. The oh. famous Idaho potato bull. One, one time I will hit Kyle next time I see him. Yeah, so Mike has this. Mike has this rule. Obviously, we have Mike's stupid rule. So one of Mike's actual stupid rules is that he will <laughs> hit you. If you call a bowl game by its complete title, including the sponsor. If, 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 there is if one it, exception, though. If the bowl game cannot be... if the, I will only hit you if the bowl game can be identified without saying the sponsor. Like so the like, Belk Bowl. Like, yes. Like, I can't hit you for saying the Belk Bowl or the Cheez-It Bowl because that's the whole name of the bowl game. There's no other way to identify it by, than by saying the sponsor. So I won't hit you for that. But you'll but get whacked in, if you say, like... The AutoZone Liberty Bowl. One. One time I will hit one. Or, or the Fiesta Bowl, which is sponsored by a gaming console. <laughs> That's Tone close. line, and I don't like it. <laughs> don't like oh, it. I love it. You know what I don't like? How Iowa? bad. Yeah, I don't like Iowa, and I also don't like how bad we lost to Iowa in basketball this past week. Yeah, that was... That was just an absolute disaster. I didn't get to watch much of the game. I was on an airplane. but um, I was also on an airplane. So, yeah, but, that was anyway, not a great game. Iowa went up 18-4 to in the first eight minutes and never really looked back. Didn't really give Iowa State a chance to uh, get into that game. I My plane landed, and the first thing I did was look at the score, and it was already basically over. It was about 10 minutes into the game, and it was basically over. Early in the second half, the Cyclones did manage to pull within um, pull within nine points in the second half and maybe gave Hilton some life and some hope that the team was going to be able to do something. But uh, they were not able to pull away. Luca Garza was just too much uh, in the post. Neither Solomon Young nor George Condit nor Michael Jacobson could uh, contain him down there, which, I mean, is fair. He's been destroying pretty much everybody he's played with except Daniel Oturo. Shout out to Daniel Oturo and the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But I would trump them too. But Luca Garza wasn't the reason. Anyway, um, yeah, Luca Garza was too much down in the post. Uh, Halliburton did have another great offensive game there against Iowa. He finished with 22 points, five assists, five rebounds, and a steal. And despite all these incredible, like his average assist is probably like four a game, is probably what he's averaging. But he's averaging that without much of a standard deviation. Pretty much all his games are at like three, four, or five assists. He never goes above five assists. He like never goes below three. 
He just doesn't well, have he much does go above five assists. He had one game of 13. Well, besides that, he just, he is, I guess he is averaging eight assists a game. So I guess I was wrong there, but that's a lot of more assists than I thought. Yeah, because he still has not had a game with fewer than five assists this season. Yeah, that's true. I definitely misread that on the outline. I thought it said he hasn't had a game with more than five assists. It's it, Yeah, you should read what is in the outline that I put in that are actually good facts. So, I mean, they're only good facts if I think they're good. I'm the arbiter of all things that are good on this podcast. Mm, that sounds like a dictatorship. But it is a dictatorship. On. You know what you signed up for. But yes, moving on, because we could argue here all day, as many of you know, and we don't want to do that, because that probably wouldn't be all that entertaining for any of you. Actually, maybe it would be. Let us know. Hit us up on Instagram and tell us if you'd rather hear us argue back and forth or talk about sports. We could always just have a Mike and Kyle argument podcast instead. That might be kind of entertaining. What do you think, Kyle? I think it would be entertaining. I agree. I think it would be fun. Anyway, it sucks to lose to Iowa again. And also another big blow to the uh, Cyclones NCAA tournament chances, besides getting smoked by Iowa at home, is the first uh, net rankings came out today, um, which if you remember from uh, last year, before last season, the NCAA replaced the RPI with the net rankings um, when it came to – came to uh, the metric that they will use to decide how to put teams in the NCAA tournament. So the net rankings are just basically the equivalent of the old RPI. With that first net rankings, despite the 6-4 and four record, the Cyclones are 82nd in the net, which is obviously not anywhere near um, what it would need to be to make the NCAA tournament. The Cyclones are going to have to put in a ton of work in conference play just have a shot at making the NCAA tournament there. That was I I thought they'd be ranked higher than that. I mean, in some of the other um, metrics, they're ranked higher than that. In the Ken Palm, they're 47th, which still wouldn't be a tournament team, but it's better than, you know, 82nd. But anyway, the Cyclones have a lot of work to do. We are only a quarter of the way through the season, but 82nd in the net is a big problem. No chance of an at-large bid with the 82nd in the net. Just ain't going to happen. It is true. Kansas is second in the net, in case you were curious. That's the best team in the Big 12. Ohio State. And they are now, Kansas is now the fifth team this year to be ranked number one in the AP poll as they do reach that mark um, this week. Yeah. As three, three, or actually four Big 12 teams crack the AP 25 rankings, including two in the top 10. Kansas 1, Baylor 10, Texas Tech 24, and West Virginia 25. Yeah. Rounds it out. The other interesting thing to know about the net is Ohio State, despite getting beat up um, at Williams Arena by the Gophers uh, on Sunday, were number one in the first net rankings that came out today. So that might be part of the reason the Gophers were ranked so highly is because they have a win over the number one team in the nation according to Nat, so that's really good for the Gophers. The fans stormed the court. I love when bas- they storm the court in basketball. That's kind of fun. But, um, yeah, so Ohio State still won, still a team to beat, even though they're not one in the AP poll anymore. So I would keep an eye on the Nat, just like you'd keep an eye on the RPI. That's going to tell you a lot about how this NCAA tournament is going to shake out. So granted, a lot of time left, but it's never too early to start talking about resumes. 
always talk about comparing basketball teams' resumes. See, but the thing about the NFL that's different than college is that the NFL, your resume is just your record. The best records get in. It's just the way it works. It is the way that it works. So what we talk about in the NFL is who did the winning and who did the losing. And Kyle's going to tell us about who did the winning and the losing between the Chiefs and the Broncos this week. Well, pretty much everyone knew what was going to happen coming in uh, to this game or what was expected to happen. And that was a lot of snow that happened in this game. Um, It was a very snowy, snowy game at Arrowhead Stadium between the Chiefs and the Broncos. Drew Luck made his first start in his home state, uh, that being in Missouri. He grew up only 10 miles away from Arrowhead Stadium, and he did not look good at all. Um, He had a hard time playing in the snow, and on the other side of the football, Patrick Mahomes didn't have much of an issue at all. He was able to sling the ball up and down the field. Travis Kelsey uh, set a couple of records in the NFL. He became the first tight end in NFL history to have four straight 1,000-plus receiving yard seasons. Uh, And he also set the record um, for the most receiving yards through seven seasons in the NFL. So he's on his way to... Um, being one of the great tight ends to play in in a Kansas City Chiefs jersey alongside Tony Gonzalez, um, potentially making the next NFL top 200 when they do that, since they just in, did the NFL top years. 100. Yeah. Um, but that's a long, long way in the future. Right now, like the 100 Chiefs, years. Yeah. The Chiefs are trying to make it to where they want to be, and that is to the Super Bowl. As today, they did claim Terrell Suggs off waivers, um, but none of that happens without continuing to win throughout the rest of the season, and they took care of business with the Denver Broncos. They held the Denver Broncos to three points in this game, which means they held them to a total of grand total of nine points throughout the entire season, absolutely dominating the AFC West so far this year. Um, no team has really come close to them. Everyone thought the Raiders were until they blew them out. And the Chiefs are just starting to show that their defense is continually getting better. Their passing defense is a top 10 passing defense in the league. Um, their rush defense, it has been susceptible at times, but it continues to become uh, better and better as the season goes on. And Steve Spagnolo has done amazing work and, Off-season acquisitions have been crucial to this team. Um, Frank Clark has been instrumental on the defensive line, as well as Tyron Matthew in the the, uh, secondary with Juan Thornhill, our um, up-and-coming rookie uh, uh, safety. So just a lot to be excited for in Kansas City. Um, I was super dejected when the team was uh, at six, an overall six and four record, but since then they have rattled off four straight to get to ten and four, won the AFC West, and still have a realistic shot in getting the uh, second overall seed in the AFC. But they do need a little bit of help from Buffalo this week, as Buffalo takes on the Patriots on Saturday, or the Dolphins next week. Or the Dolphins in two weeks in Week 17. Yeah, I mean, you don't count out the Dolphins. The Dolphins seem to beat the Patriots once every year. It just sort of happens. So. Well, yeah, last year on that 
last second. That ridiculous, like, play four that, laterals, that Rob Gronkowski, Gronkowski one laterally play? No. That Gronk, Gronk should not be put in to play defense. Um, I mean, he was put in there because he was tall. They expected the Hail Mary, and then they didn't do the Hail Mary, and it came back to bite the Chiefs or the Patriots. But Yeah. But anyway, the Chiefs control their own destiny, and like Mike just talked about, you get in based on your record, so hopefully their record is better than the Patriots with the head-to-head tiebreaker to get them that second overall seed. But speaking of record, the Vikings have a lot to play for this week and in the next in, in the final two weeks of the season. I mean, yeah, but that, that's not really what we're going to talk about. That we, We're going to talk about last week when the Vikings absolutely throttled the Chargers. The Chargers turned the ball over seven times in the same game. That's a that's a lot of turnovers. That was they fumbled five times. I mean, that's nothing new for the Chargers this season. That's yeah. The, the defense was just dominant. It looked like uh, the twenty uh, what year was that? Twenty seventeen Vikings defense when they went to the NFC Championship game. That was just kicking butt and taking names until the NFC Championship game. Um, so that was that was really good to see. The game was never really in doubt. Uh, everyone was happy about that. There were some signs for concern, though. Dalvin Cook left the game uh, with a shoulder injury. It was the second time in three weeks he's left the game with a shoulder injury. This one was on a different shoulder. Uh, Mike Zimmer is optimistic that he could play against the Packers this Saturday or this Sunday. Monday, actually. It's a Monday night game. Um, it is, from what Mike Zimmer said, it sounds like it's just a pain thing. Can he play through the pain or not? is uh, what it looks like. So, I mean, the Vikings do have a lot to play for, but they're pretty much already locked into that five or six seed in the NFC, regardless of what happens. I mean, they've got a 97% chance to make the playoffs, but only a 9% chance to win the division. The Vikings would have to win two games and the Packers would have to lose two to make the playoff or to, to win the division. So I wouldn't be surprised if they just hold Dalvin Cook out and try to get him healthy so he doesn't have to be playing through the pain in a in a first round playoff game, but that's, um, that's something to keep an eye on is Dalvin cook. And the last thing is cook cousins did not have a good game. Um, he threw a really bad interception late, uh, in the first half, which could have really swung momentum in that game, except on the Chargers drive, they fumbled and it was a turn for a touchdown and that pretty much ended the game. But cook cousins didn't look good. Didn't throw for a ton of yards through an interception Hopefully that's his last bad game because this is a team, especially if Dalvin Cook is going to be out, that can't survive bad games from its quarterback. The defense is not going to get seven turnovers every game, and so you'll just blow a team out and be able to run the ball in the second half like the Vikings were on Sunday. So Kirk Cousins needs to play better. So just because you had a blowout win doesn't mean everything's sunshine and unicorns. Still got to be healthy and still got to play better going into – a game against Green Bay next Monday in Minneapolis. And speaking of the Packers, they basically locked up the division. Like I said, I already told you how they would uh, lose it. Basically locked up the division by beating the Bears in Green Bay on Sunday. Um, 21-13 was the final there. Uh, I'm still really not that scared of the Packers. I mean, they haven't been blowing teams out. They've been playing I mean, they didn't look great in beating Washington. It was really bad. They didn't look good in beating the Bears, who aren't very good. 
They I mean, didn't they, look amazing in beating the Giants either. And then earlier in the season, they got absolutely obliterated by the 49ers in the San Char- Francisco. And they've gotten destroyed in the Chargers, by the Chargers. And they almost lost to a Matt Moore-led Kansas City team with no defense. Yep. So, I mean, the Packers are still a good football team. And as long as Aaron Rodgers is their quarterback, they're a force to be reckoned with. But they were 11th in the NFL in point differential, despite being having the fourth best tied, for, well, tied for the second best record in the NFL, actually, just behind the Baltimore Ravens. So I don't know if I'm really that scared of the, the Packers. I mean, it's looking like the Vikings and Packers are going to be playing a first-round playoff game in Lambeau Field in three weeks. Three weeks, yeah, in three weeks. So that'll be something to keep an eye on. And if that's what turns out happening... The Packers will still be favored and probably should at home in Lambeau in the playoffs, but I'm not really that scared of going to play them. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Lambeau's a tough place to play in January because who knows what the weather is going to look like then. That's the big key, I suppose. Yeah. Weather could be awful. But speaking of teams that have taken control of their division, the Texans look to have potentially taken control of the AFC South as they were able to beat the tight the Tennessee Titans by three. I believe this game was played in Tennessee, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Um, so it was it was a missed opportunity uh, by the Tennessee Titans, who have been playing phenomenally uh, as of late with Ryan Tannehill spearheading their offensive attack uh, since they traded for him from the Miami Dolphins. But... The Texans were able to uh, take control of this game from really start. I guess it was a back and forth game. Uh, No one ever really took control, but the Texans did take control of the division. um, And they do end up playing the Tennessee Titans in week 17. So that game can still uh, be played for the right to that division. Houston hasn't necessarily won it yet, but Tennessee is going to need a little bit of help. Tennessee has just an awfully tough schedule down the stretch. Uh, they have to play New Orleans at home. Yep, and then and they, they go to, go to and then they go to Houston. Houston yeah. should win that. I mean, Houston's next game is at Tampa Bay, which is a game they should win. And if they do, that'll clinch the division right there. And that game against Tennessee uh, won't matter for the division. So Houston definitely in the driver's seat with a game lead and the tiebreaker over the. Uh, the Tennessee Titans. But the two probably most shocking results were the Dallas Cowboys who absolutely obliterated the Los Angeles Rams in Dallas. The Rams were a hot team. They'd won like three, four in a row. They were nipping at the Vikings heels. And they had, and they had just uh, knocked off the Seattle Seahawks last week in uh, Sunday night football. Yep, they were nipping at the Vikings' heels, and then all of a sudden they go and just absolutely lay an egg um, uh, in Dallas. Uh, Dallas got up to, both Dallas and the Eagles with their win got up to 7-7, seven and seven, so that division winner won't be below 500 because they play each other next week. So 8-8 eight and eight is the worst that division winner could be, depending on what happens. So the NFC East won't produce a losing record division winner. The other shocking result is the 49ers laying an egg against the Atlanta Falcons, which if you remember the New Orleans Saints did uh, probably about a month ago now, yep. did the same thing. 
So apparently the Falcons are just the team to lay an egg against with the Niners and Saints both doing it. The Niners went from the one seed all the way down to the five seed in the NFC playoff picture with that loss. That's how tight everything is um, between the Seahawks, Niners, Saints, Packers, uh, Vikings there. That's how you, one loss like that can bring you from one to five. So you just can't be losing those, those games with so got probably the Rams and the Seahawks are their last two games, right? Uh, yeah, Rams and Seahawks are their yeah. last two games. So they got to be careful or they could end up in the sixth seed. I mean, they're already clinched a playoff spot, but they could end up in the sixth seed still if they're not careful with those tough two games left. Interesting to see how it plays out over the next two weeks. We will give you a bunch of – we'll give you any of the interesting playoff scenarios on next week's episode after more games have played themselves out. But in the meantime – is it game show time? It is game show time. Wyatt, are you ready for game show time? I am so ready. Can you add I'm like pumped. some game show music in here? Like like some carnival music or something? So there's like carnival music in the background when this actually airs? That'd be kind of cool. Bum, bum, ba, da, da, da. That something music? Like that. Yeah. I don't know like how licensing. I don't know, maybe. It wasn't how lazy I'm feeling, actually. That's fair. We'll see. You know, always, we just have Kyle sing in the background. Yes. I don't know if the listeners actually want that. That's fair. Either way, I will go over the rules for both of you two and all of our listeners so they know. So the way bowl sponsor or bankrupt company works is we will have five rounds. I will say the name of a company. It is either a bowl sponsor or it is bankrupt. Then both Kyle and Wyatt will um, say – will make their guesses – as to whether or not it is bank, it is a bull sponsor or a bankrupt company. Whoever gets the most correct wins. And I hope you guys tie because I really like the tiebreaker I have. Yeah. So, so, for example, if I said Capital One, would you guys say bull sponsor or bankrupt company? Bull sponsor. Correct. That was the example. Nobody gets a point. But oh, now man. you get the draft. I'm going to say company. You're each going to guess. Kyle will guess first in round one. Wyatt will go second, and then we'll alternate from there. Uh, first, com- are you are you both ready? I'm ready. Yeah. Don't are Google we, the answer, Kyle. I'm watching questions you. about the rules? Yeah. Hand, your hands have to be up this whole time, <laughs> both of you. So I was I born ready. Uh, doing this. All right. First one for Kyle. Mattress firm. That is a bankrupt company. Wyatt? That is a bankrupt company. You are both... Correct. Mattress firm <laughs> is a bankrupt company. Good job. I mean, Why, how many, you, never mind. I was going to rant about mattresses, but that's not, not the time for <laughs> <or> place. <laughs> Number and two. in this episode of this game show, we have a we take who's a slight break for who's pissed off. Number two in bowl sponsor or bankrupt company, we have Bobo. What the hell? What's a verbo? Is that like, like the verb thing? V-R-B-O. V-R-B-O? Verbo? I'm going to say that's a bankrupt company. Right, so I'm going to bank- say bowl game sponsor. It is a bowl game sponsor. Oh. Ding, 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 ding. Kyle is correct. I'd hate to go to that bowl. Number three for Kyle. FBC Mortgage. FBC? FBC Mortgage. That's a bowl game sponsor. Kyle says bowl game sponsor. 
didn't wasn't this last year too? Didn't we have the same one last year when we was played it? this game? I think so. It was like a place out of L.A., I think. I'm going to go with Bowl Game Sponsor as well. It is a Bowl Game Sponsor. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, yeah. Where's it at? Uh, I thought that was one that was in L.A. expected me to do that much research about this? <laughs> yes. yes, you are the one who spearheads this. Literally all I did for these is I went through and looked to see if it was on a bowl sponsor list for those ones. So uh, their address is uh, Orlando, Florida. Oh, I was way off. Mm-hmm. So not Los Angeles, California. All right, round four. Wyatt's leading off. No, yeah, Wyatt's leading oh, off yes. this one. We have REI. REI? Oh, I love REI. But they've probably been bankrupt at some point in time. So I'm going to say that. I'm going to say they're a bankrupt company. Why it's a bankrupt company? REI has been bankrupt previously. That one was actually fake. They've never been bankrupt or under bowl sponsor. Oh, what the what? So I just threw that one in there to screw with you. That <laughs> one doesn't count. You both lost. Nobody gets <laughs> that one because you're both wrong. It is neither oh, a bankrupt yeah. company nor a bowl sponsor. I'm an REI fanboy. Just wanted to throw that one in for fun. Um, Wyatt will still go first again on this one because that last one was fake. So Wyatt will go first again on number five, but really number four. Jimboree. Jimboree, like like the Boy Scout Jamboree. Jimboree. No, it's like a it's like a kids clothing company. Oh, they're bankrupt. Nobody buys kids clothes. You both say bankrupt company. You are both correct. Woo! It is a bankrupt ding, company. Ding, 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 Our last one, and Kyle will lead us off here. Wyatt, you're down a point, so you better pick the different one that Kyle picks. Because otherwise you lose no matter what. Just a, just a little piece of information. Our last one is Bumblebee Foods. Oh, I know this one. That's a bankrupt company. No, that's a bowl game sponsor. Unfortunately, not. It is a bankrupt company. <laughs> I was hoping that Kyle wins two to nothing. Uh, five. Kyle got all five right. Kyle wins five to three. Boom, baby. Bankrupt company for a full game sponsor. Good job for Kyle. I'm going to make you two do the tie break anyway, just because I want to do the tie break so badly. Name the most Googled athlete in 2019. We'll LeBron alternate James. guesses until one of you oh. gets it. Wyatt guesses LeBron James. No, Kyle. R. Jackson. No, Wyatt. Um, the Spice. Um, Tom Brady. Spice. No. No. Chase Young. No. Um, Antonio Brown. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. it. Antonio <laughs> Brown was the most Googled. Said Le'Veon Bell. I was like, yeah. no, that's not near. Is yes. Antonio Brown was the most. Googled athlete in 2019. You can feel good that you won the tiebreaker, Wyatt. Unfortunately for you, you didn't tie. So you lose. That is true. So that is how that works. Kyle, I think, who won last year? Do you, do you remember who won last year? No idea. I think we played a double. I think you didn't have a tiebreaker going into it, and we played sudden death. I think that is the case, yes. But I, I think Wyatt won last year, but I could be wrong. So we'll have to find that out. Either Kyle is 2-0, and or they're both 1-1. and We'll see. Maybe we'll figure it out at some point. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just close it <laughs> up. Anyway, thank you for playing Bowl Sponsor at Bankrupt Company. I look forward to it every year because I love quizzing you guys and I hate Bowl Sponsors. So it's Maybe like, we per- should like 
make a mashup of our next segment, which is Mike's Stupid Rules, and Bankrupt Company or Bull Sponsor, and name it like Stupid Rule or Real Rule. I don't know. I'll have to work on the name, but I feel like making a game show out of the mm. rules would be awesome because I'd be really good at it and I like winning things. If you have an idea to make it better, by all means, I'm all ears. But anyway, well, do you know you're what? not all ears. You only have two. So are you sure? Last time I saw you, as of yesterday at like seven o'clock Eastern time, you had two ears. Maybe I have a third one you didn't see. Maybe it's on my back. Mm. <laughs> That's not what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wyatt. Let's keep going with Mike's stupid rules. Please share with us what stupid rule you have picked out this week. Yeah, Mike so Walters. this stupid rule segment is a twofer. And it so, might actually get an official fired. Yeah. Well, no, probably not. So at the start of the Cowboys and Rams game on Sunday, the Dallas Cowboys won the coin toss. And Dak Prescott told the referee, we want to kick. And then paused and then said, we defer to the second half. Now, that's an important distinction because remember, deciding that you want to kick is using your choice, right? It's making your decision which means you used your decision in the first half to choose to kick. And your opponent will get the choice in the second half, and presumably they will choose to receive with their choice. So you could end up kicking to start both halves, if you phrase it like that. Um, normally, right, what he said second is what they'd say. they defer to the second half, meaning we want to choose to start the second half. Presumably they'd choose to receive. So what the referee then said is, okay, you're going to kick indicating that they had used their choice to kick um, as opposed to deferring it to the second half, indicating that the Rams would get the ball to start both halves. At halftime, however, the NFL used um, the NFL uh, office in New York stepped in to say that uh, the request to refer or to defer, sorry, should be honored as opposed to the request to kick. Um, they are authorized to do that under Rule 15, Section 3, Article 9 of the rule book, which says the replay official and designated, designated members of the officiating department may consult with on-field officials or conduct a replay review of a game administration issues, including penalty enforcement, the proper down, spot on a foul, or the game clock. Um, so it says, as, as it says that game administration issues, downs, enforcements, things like that, um, can be reviewed, so by rule they can get involved, and they did because it's an administrative issue and not a judgment call, so the league can't get involved in judgment calls, just um, just administrative issues like that. So just like a protest in baseball, right? You can't protest judgment calls, you can't administrative issues. Same thing here with this rule. The league came in and fixed this because it was an administrative issue with how the coin toss was handled. So you had the Cowboys who screwed up and said they were going to kick, and then you had the NFL stepping in under their power to handle administrative issues in-game to fix that. So that was your scenario at the end of that game. So there you go. There is your stupid rule for the day. I hope you are two for stupid rules for the day. I hope you enjoyed it. Did that make sense? Any questions, comments, concerns, complaints? Was I have complaints on how... For the second half? No, they corrected no, it at halftime. So Dallas oh. did receive the second half oh. kickoff. I, I'm confused on why everybody thinks that the, the Cowboys got screwed. Like, it wasn't really the officials' fault. 
Like, I feel like it's more on Dak Prescott. Well, yes. Right? If he you know? says you want to kick, he is making a choice. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. But all these articles, like, if you go out and just look at this, everybody's complaining about how the ref screwed over the Cowboys. I'm like, wait, what? See, what? See, I don't get that. That's all the people misinterpreting what a rule – we had the same discussion with the, the World Series play, right, with the, the running in the baseline, yep. right? Mm-hmm. The rule, I believe – the rule was not interpreted incorrectly, I don't – in this case either, right? If you think rules rules exist to avoid judgment calls as much as possible, right? That's why rules exist, Right, rules should be enforced as they are written. I think that rule was enforced as it was written. Maybe it's not the intent, right? But that's not what rules exist for. Rules don't exist to enforce intent. They exist to govern the game, and I think it was governed correctly. And I don't have a problem with the NFL stepping in and fixing it either. But I think the referee on the field did the correct thing, honoring what the uh, Dak Prescott said originally. I tend to side with officials in arguments, especially about administrative things like that. Rules should be interpreted the way they are written, not the way fans think make the most sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be fair, that the referee during the game was cited as one of the worst NFL referees of all time. So, um, so like however, Joe West of I, NFL referees, he's not yeah. that bad. He's not, not he not so he might be one of the one of the worst NFL referees, but he's still a good official. You okay. know, one of those things where he just kind of gets a short end of the stick more often than not, in my opinion. Okay, but I I don't know. I, it just upsets me. Where this is, he didn't. There's no real ambiguity for for the referee to take there. He said kick, like you said, he used his choice by rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just it just kills me. People get all up and up in arms about stuff like that, but. Yeah. I think we can move on, mosey on down the way to our final segment of the evening or day, depending on what time you're listening to us, and talk about our Write That Down prediction segment and have one of you two hold us accountable. Yeah, I'm going to hold you accountable. That's my job. You were trying to give my job away to Kyle? I was just opening up the floor. I didn't know no, Kyle it's was mine. Step Kyle, in. you I... have to take my job. It's mine. As you, as you didn't actually hear... I was not quick to step in because it is your job. So. Thank you. We did have two predictions come off the board in our accountability session, one from me and one from Josh. Um, I had predicted that the Twins would sign at least one of Steven Strasburg, Garrett Cole, and Zach Wheeler. Got his name right this time. There you go. Um, I'm incorrect about that as Strasburg went back to the Nationals. Um, Garrett Cole went out somewhere and played New York. And yeah. Zach and Zach, Wheeler. Zach Wheeler, I scooted up again. Zach Wheeler went to the Philadelphia Phillies. The Twins did not get one of those big three starting pitchers, so I get a nah. Nah, nah. They didn't but, even get Madison Bumgarner. True, but we got Sergio Romo, one year, five million dollars. He has the best walk-up song ever. Anyway, you uh, guys the, need starting pitching, not relief pitching. The one thing Moving I am on. everybody needs relief pitching, Kyle. Never have too much relief pitching. But what I am excited about is that the free agent market is actually moving this winter, unlike in previous years, right? All the big free agents are signed already. It's great. I love it. Well, Ozuna hasn't signed yet. I mean, yeah, and Josh Donaldson hasn't signed either. But a lot of the big names have already signed. When Don signed, it was good. Um, the other prediction to have come off the board was from Josh. 
Uh, he predicted the winner of the NFC East would have a losing record. We already discussed that is no longer mathematically possible. So for that, Josh gets a nah. <laughs> Kyle, as always, would you like to start us off with our predictions? Yes, I would. My prediction, since the Chiefs are now or have won four games in a row and are seemingly playing really, really well right now, is that the Chiefs will at least make it to the AFC Championship game. Um, yeah. all right. Let's see. The percentage on that um, is probably about 20%, I would say, the chance that the Chiefs make the AFC Championship game, according 9% chance they win the Super Bowl. We'll say about a 50-50 shot they win that game. So between, 18, six, between 16 and 20% chance. I would say that they do that. Uh, double, triple, triple. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah, as triple. of right, I as mean, of right now they have to go back to Foxborough. Yeah, if the season ended today. Yeah, I'm thinking triple. The Chiefs aren't good in the playoffs normally. Yeah, that's yeah. Sad. I don't want to talk about that. Fair. Marcus Mariota passed to himself. You want to talk about that? That was fun. No. No. I thought that was a cool thing. Mike, I thought it was very cool, too. You can go ahead with your prediction if you would like, though. So. Yes, my prediction is that the Minnesota basketball team, aforementioned who just beat the Ohio State Buckeyes, will make the NCAA tournament, despite the fact that their record is garbage. But it's that bad because they played one of the toughest schedules in college basketball so far, including games against Utah and Oklahoma and Ohio State and Iowa. A lot of tough games. What is their net ranking? Yeah, net ranking. You weren't supposed to ask that question. You were supposed to give me more bases than it was probably worth. The net ranking is 48. So still would be on the outside looking in for sure if the season I mean, I think today. I think they're going to make it in. Double. Honest. Elite, they're Double. not good. Okay. Double. The Big Ten is garbage at the bottom. Not. It's not as bad as it used to be. I mean, so literally – so. Through the the Big Ten does the weird thing where they play two conference games like in December, and now the Gophers are going back to play some more non-conference games, including playing Oklahoma State this week. Um, but literally, the home team was thirteen and zero in the Big Ten in these first sets of games. No road team won a Big Ten conference game so far, which is insane. Included some big upsets like Penn State um, beating Maryland and Illinois, knocking off. Somebody, Michigan. Michigan, thank you. We talked about this. We did talk about this. But yeah, so no home court advantage is alive and well in the Big Ten. Wyatt, do you have a prediction? I don't see one typed out on the document here. I do. I do. Because I was kind of toying over whether or not to use it because I think it's a stupid prediction. But I'm going to take a step back to before the NFL season started when I said that the Browns were going to. What win the Super Bowl or something stupid like that? Um, let me see something if why I'm going to say. I think that, that, that was back. That was back in season. So, so you didn't have us write that down. You that was who you picked. Oh, that was Super Bowl yeah, just to not generic okay. picks. You did not have that as a write that down prediction. So I'm going to did, however, your first ever eighty three eleven write that down prediction was that the Browns would make the playoffs back in season one. So that's what I'm bringing a nod back to. And I'm going to say that the Browns will make the 2019 NFL playoff stuff. They will be in the postseason. That's Rams a home run because slammed. they've already been eliminated. No, they haven't. They haven't? Yes, yesterday? I don't think so. I, oh, I no, no. Look. They do still have a mathematical still, chance. Yeah, right. that's what I was going right. to say. 
I mean, yeah, that's it's a less than one percent chance. Home run, yeah. Okay. Sure. If you want to give away a base, a base, that's fine. That's fine. I didn't have anything better, so. Okay. That sure. You get a home I'm run already, for that. I'm already last in slugging and uh, points, I guess. And you've got a lot of bad predictions on the board. Yeah. Like. So we're gonna keep that trend going. Like Cyclones to the round of 32 doesn't look good right now. One point safety. Lando Norris podium finish. Antonio Brown in the XFL. Big 12 refs blow a game. None of those look very good right now. No, not at all. But let's see what Josh has coming up. Yes. Oh, actually, I screwed up the spreadsheet. Remind me to fix the spreadsheet later. Um, Josh predicts that the Green Bay Packers will be the number two seed in the NFC. So not that they will get a bye, that they will be the two seed. So if they get no. don't get a bye or they get the number one seed, oh. he gets that prediction wrong. Just as a just as a note. Double then trip. Oh. They have a forty eight percent chance at a first round bye. I can't get their percentage of a of that. Is being that a double? Double. Ah I'll give him a we've hosed him a lot. Let's give him a I was double. I was gonna say, okay, that's fine. Were you gonna say single? No, I was leaning towards a triple. No, that's not a triple. Yeah, it is. That is. No, it ain't gonna happen. Not. You're gonna get a buyer for I. I don't know. Uh, I thought. I thought it was. I thought a double was a little bit generous. There's no okay. way that's a triple. That's why I'm not even. I didn't even say it officially. I that said was, single I when I first heard the prediction. I said single, but then thinking about it, if they do get a number one overall seed, then he also gets it wrong. Yeah, that's what so, that's what swayed me mostly, I guess. So. Yeah, I, mean, I was inflating on both sides of the equation there, if there was an equation. But we have all four write that down predictions in Chebang written down just like that, which means that we are at the end of the write that down prediction segment, and therefore at the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening to episode sixty of the eighty three eleven cast. We are only five years away from retirement. Or we might still be able to click on our social security. Thanks so much for listening. Signing <laughs> off for the eighty three eleven cast. We have your hosts. Kyle Mersh. Mike Ludwig. And Wyatt Teeter. Make sure you check us out on Instagram and drop us a line on our contact page or DM on Instagram. Follow us, like us, and all that stuff. Go Cyclones. Go Gophers. What? Go Cyclones. <laughs> Get out of here.